There are two kinds of fear, logical and illogical. Basically, the difference between your friends listening sympathetically or telling you that you're being crazy. The truly illogical ones are easy to spot. There's not a lot of chance you're going to end up floating untethered in space anytime soon. Probably. But the logical ones can be harder to pin down because when it comes down to it, what's really the difference between logical and illogical? Probability? Are you an astronaut set to orbit around space with numerous spacewalks planned? Proximity? Are you currently in space? So what if your fears have to do with, say, pregnancy? And then you get pregnant. Does that turn your illogical fears about pregnancy into logical fears about pregnancy? Or do they remain illogical? I mean, just because you're in space doesn't mean you're automatically going to become disconnected from your spaceship. This is Cocoon, Stories of Gestation. I'm Valerie Best. And I'm Lizzie Heiselt. Today we have Suvi sharing her logical, illogical fears. So let's start at the beginning. Hey, Suv. Hi, Val. Hi, Lizzie. So, Suvi, what are you afraid of? So... I'm not not totally sure how to start. When I was pregnant with Alvar, I was very afraid of of dying. When I was 15, my mom was pregnant with my youngest brother, and she ended up having preeclampsia, and went into the, or went in at seven months, and and they had to do an emergency C-section, and she had a, a brain aneurysm during the C-section and never woke up, and and died a couple of days later. And my brother was two months premature and tiny and in the NICU for a month and then came home. And he's totally healthy and fine now and great. But like that, that was the background that I came at into my pregnancy. Um, and then a couple of years ago, my older sister, and this is kind of somewhat related to, um, my older sister had a, a very late term stillbirth at 38 weeks. And so I just had these fears. I just thought like, oh my goodness, these two really big experiences in my, fa- in my family where pregnancy was very unsuccessful. Um, and kind of like the, the biggest things that you can be afraid of. And, and so the, that's kind of was sitting at the back of my mind kind of through my entire pregnancy and I didn't really know how to deal with it. So what might you tell your sister or your friend in this situation? Talk to your doctor. I brought it up with my doctor uh, and she brushed it off and said, People don't die at, of child, at childbirth anymore. And I was like, well, okay, I know. People didn't die at childbirth like 19 years ago either. Like it wasn't that common. Like, But it, it does happen. It does still happen. And she kind of just brushed it off and was like, don't worry about it. Um, I actually ended up switching doctors to a, to a new doctor. And so like... I talked to her first, to this this doctor that I had first, and she completely dismissed that. And then a couple of other things happened where I didn't feel like I was very listened to in that office and ended up switching doctors. And the next doctor I went to, um, I went in and I was really nervous about mentioning this to him, but I felt like I really needed to, to 
to say like say you know what that this is my fear is like like my mom died at childbirth and I know that it doesn't happen often but I am just I can't help it I can't help but be worried about that like I don't want to leave a baby and my husband behind and and he sat there and he said you know we don't know much about preeclampsia but this is what we do know about it and he went on to like list a lot of stuff that he knows about preeclampsia and the research on it and the things to look for and um and he just like assured me that he would look out for those things and that like he'd make sure that I was okay and it, I felt so validated and so like oh okay I, okay okay I'm not worried about this then because like you're gonna know if I have preeclampsia and you're gonna make it okay like it's gonna be okay Here's what we do know about preeclampsia, but be warned, it is pretty scary. It's characterized by high blood pressure, a large amount of protein in the urine, and signs of damage to other organ systems, often the kidneys. It usually occurs in the third trimester and gets worse over time. Though, if it appears earlier than 32 weeks, it's usually associated with worse outcomes. In severe disease, there may be red blood cell breakdown, a low blood platelet count, impaired liver functions, kidney dysfunction, swelling, shortness of breath, or visual disturbances. If left untreated, it may result in seizures, at which point it is known as eclampsia, a word that comes from the Greek term for lightning. Globally, preeclampsia and other hypertensive disorders of pregnancy are a leading cause of maternal and infant illness and death. By conservative estimates, these disorders are responsible for 76,000 maternal and 500,000 infant deaths each year. The only cure is to deliver the baby. Um, I also took a childbirth education class because I thought that that would be helpful. And the the doula who taught it was um, just like really like she was like people have been having babies for thousands, not thousands, like forever, for millions of years, however, <laughs> however long you believe people have been on the earth, it's been a they've while. been having babies. Yeah. Um, and pregnancy is the most natural thing and you know nothing bad happens ever like it happens so rarely and if something bad happens then it's uh, an intervention that happens in a hospital so you should definitely not go to a hospital and I was like oh okay this isn't maybe the greatest place for me to ask about my my fears of what what happens in the worst case scenario yeah, or to, to have those fears alleviated because she kind of just like, I actually didn't even feel safe bringing it up in that class. And I mean, like she'd set that tone and I didn't, I'm in the room with, you know, nine other new moms or new, new parent couples there. And, um, I didn't want to be the person who's like, so, um, my mom died giving birth to a baby. That's what I'm dealing with when everyone else is like, I'm worried that I'm going to have a medical intervention that I don't want during my labor. Um, it just it just felt like it was on a completely different realm. In the other settings, in the birth, birth education class and with the other doctor, I had felt so... It didn't alleviate any fears to have someone say... Um, 
it doesn't happen anymore. You shouldn't be worried about it. I mean, I, if you're afraid of heights, it doesn't help if someone's like, you're fine. You shouldn't be afraid of heights. It's, it's an irrational fear. Like, you're, you can't help it. But it's not an irrational fear. Not exactly. Well, it might be an overstatement to say she's got the probability of fears being realized. It's not to say that she has the proximity to them. And, as well-intentioned as anyone was, it never helped to have someone tell her that she had nothing to worry about, that her fears were illogical. It exacerbated them. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that it made... It definitely exacerbated them. It made me feel really alone and um, just made me be alone with my fears. I think we all kind of have the same fears in my family. Like, we all went through that. My sisters and I, like, went through that. We saw it happen, and then conversations that I had with my sisters weren't... It didn't alleviate any fears. It was more like, yeah, they're, this is a real thing. Like, in our family... Unfortunately, pregnancy is a really scary thing. And so that's, that's kind of like our family story, is that pregnancy is scary. But who wants to hear that for some, pregnancy is scary? Probably not the woman in line behind you at the drugstore who asks good-naturedly about your growing belly. Most likely not the coworker you only kind of know. Maybe not even your friends. We live in a culture where pregnancy is a positive thing, with no asterisk. And pregnancy can be really positive, sometimes exclusively so. But, come on, rarely. And while it can be a huge support to have positive feedback and encouragement along the way, maybe there should also be room to acknowledge that this can be a difficult, sometimes harrowing time. We should be absolutely honest about... I mean, yeah, pregnancy is one of those things that it's like kind of hard to talk about, because everyone's experiencing it kind of differently. Some people are having no symptoms of pregnancy and are totally happy and glowing and everything's going really well. And other people are glowing and happy and terrified, but terrified at the same time, even though things are going well. And then other people, things are going really poorly and, but they don't want to talk about it because no one, I mean, we don't talk about things that are really hard often. And, and I think it would be really good to talk about the hard things sometimes too. I know my, my little sister actually um, had a baby this last spring and she had a really difficult pregnancy and she actually had preeclampsia during her pregnancy and ended up with a C-section and she's fine and she delivered the, a healthy, beautiful, very fat baby a couple of weeks early and he's like the chunkiest little thing. She had a really, really difficult pregnancy and people kind of, impose their own thoughts of this happy, joyful pregnancy on her. And she was like, but my pregnancy's not like that. And when she would try to talk about it, people kind of dismissed her experience because they didn't, couldn't comprehend that someone's pregnancy would be different from, from their own. Just, or even just outside the narrative of what, yeah. of what we sort of have socially agreed upon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting idea that that we don't really give room for people to feel what they want to feel during pregnancy. So, congratulations. You must be so happy. You're glowing. Beautiful. (laughs) You're pregnant again. I am. Yes. I'm going to have another kid. (laughs) 
So how do you feel? Honestly, Suvi, you can tell us. Honestly, I feel really good. I have to tell you, I've been kind of like examining my feelings about birth and delivery. After Alvar's delivery, I I felt like he, I, he was a C-section and it was a long delivery and I had a he was a beautiful, healthy baby, just really big and just like didn't want to come out of me. So, but I thought for a while, maybe I should have dealt with the trauma of my mom's death by talking to like a therapist or, or something like that to like really try to address it head on or try to address it more directly than I, than I did more directly than I did when I was 15, more directly than I did during my first pregnancy. Because I mean, I was talking to a doctor and talking to Duel, but I thought like, okay, I, I, I had some really serious feelings that I really should have taken care of because I think it, it made me like once I was in labor, I was just, I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified, and like I went in, you know, when when the doctor said like, okay, you've been in labor for thirty three hours, your water's been broken for a long time baby's showing signs of distress we need to bring you in for a c-section that is kind of the moment where i i was the most afraid and i think paul was also really afraid because like that that's that's just scary but he was really great about reminding me like you this is not your mom's experience this is this is your experience you're going to be okay we're going to get through this. You're not, you're not going to die. <laughs> this baby's going to have a mom. And here I am. I made it through. Oliver was healthy. And, and, and so for, for a while, I thought like, I really need to, to deal with this better. And because I don't want to have those same, that same feeling of just like complete terror as I'm in labor. But I actually... I, I kind of think like maybe that was a thing that like broke the spell, like that I was able to deliver a healthy baby and that I was okay. Yeah. I just haven't had, I've been, I've been like actively looking for those fear, not actively looking. I don't know how you say it, but like trying to be aware of those feelings creeping up inside of me so that I could like start dealing with them. But I, I haven't felt those things and I felt them pretty early on with my pregnancy with Alvar, but Nah, not this time. And I'm still pretty early on, so... Hey, you could get crazy. Who knows? (laughs) Things could go south really quickly. (laughs) Give yourself some credit. You've got plenty of time to drive yourself mad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, if I look for these fears, I'm sure I will find them. (laughs) Um, But so far, like, I I feel really good. And I, I, I feel like... I can have a healthy baby and I'm not going to die giving birth to a baby. And I've done it once. Like it's totally possible. And now, and now that is my experience with childbirth instead of like my mom's experience or my sister's experience. Suvi's in a unique position. She's been on both sides of this kind of logical, illogical fear. She's experienced a pregnancy that was full of fear, 
and made it through to the other side. And now she's in the midst of one that is free of it. So I asked, how would you respond to those fears in someone else? I think I would validate them. I don't know. <laughs> uh, just, just like listen and not, not be too quick to say like, oh, you'll be fine. But to like listen to those fears and, and kind of talk through them and where those fears are coming from and, and like help. I don't know. Like try to reassure them that they like they will be fine, but that it's okay to be scared and if you're worried about something to talk talk to your doctor and figure out what you can I don't I mean there's there's like you can't really do anything about stuff but I don't know talking about it I think helps and like having as much information as you can helps too and these kind of fears and maybe just fears in general are like fog they don't go away just by waving your hand it takes time for the sun to break through and burn away the clouds. It takes someone being on your side and, as Suvi says, just listening. Acknowledging what they say and letting their fears have the weight they say they do. The line between logical and illogical can be a thin one. Suvi's fears were founded. She had the experience with them, the proximity. That's what made them logical. My mom was like the one person I wanted to talk to through my whole pregnancy and of course I couldn't and so like I I think maybe that part of that's part of what also contributed to the fears was just like wanting to talk to her so badly and wanting to talk to her about like so what's pregnancy like for women in our family what is this what did you go through and am I doing things right is this okay and then and not to have her there was really hard I lived through it. I lived through my mom dying at childbirth. I, I feel like that that's logical. Those are my genes. Those, mm-hmm. That's my family history. And yet... We really do have amazing medicine, medical practices, and doctors and things, and most women don't die at childbirth. Most women have a completely normal, healthy experience. And I'm not my mother. I think that's like maybe what I miss most is is that feeling that I that like she missed out on us as people that I think she would like and that I missed out on on her as a grown-up. I was just on the cusp of being a woman and I was 15 and my older sister would come home from dates and my mom would always be waiting up for her and they would talk for hours and hours and hours about like these boys that she liked and these dates she went on and I was like really looking forward to that. And then she died before I turned 16, and my dad goes to bed at 10 o'clock at night. Like, he never <laughs> fails. And who can I tell about these dates? And I, I really um, I missed out on knowing her as an adult, and I, I think we would have been friends. I think she would have liked me, which sometimes feels like such a big thing. You know, especially now as, like, 
I don't know, now as a mom myself and feeling like I uh, just have a lot of quite more questions than answers to a lot of things. I don't know. I um, just wish you were around so I could, so we could be buddies and we could talk and yeah. Anyway, she would love your podcast, by the way. <laughs> She'd be totally into it. She was probably a great supporter, like you. <laughs> She's a really good supporter. Fear. It's all illogical until the moment it becomes logical. If you're afraid, talk. And if someone is talking, just listen. And we'll all get through whatever it is together. Thanks to Suvi for sharing her experience and insights with us and for her unending support of us and this podcast. Thanks to Ryan Barnhart for what I can only describe as his significant contribution to this podcast. Thanks to Micah Heiselt, our producer, website designer, manager, idea comer-upper, and email sender. Thanks to Ben Howell and Ellen Barnhart for the music. And we wish Ben the very best of luck as he embarks on his newest adventure at the University of Michigan. The information on preeclampsia came from the Mayo Clinic and preeclampsia.org. And thanks to you for listening. Please feel free to rate us and leave a review on iTunes. Like us on Facebook and jump into discussion on our de facto relevant articles club. And visit our website to share your own story. Because that's what these are. This is not, after all, a pregnancy podcast. It's a podcast about you.